This is Scott, host of the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast and Black author. You could get all three of my books. My first book, Systematic Racism and Capitalism, Alliance of Oppression. My second book, Hypocrisy in America, The Veil of White Supremacy. And my third book, my first novel, Exodus 2035, all available on Amazon.com and Amazon Kindle. If you don't have a Kindle, you can download the Kindle app to your smartphone or tablet, and you can access those products. Thanks for listening. Um, don't forget you and you network. You can find that on Instagram, you and you underscore network, where you can find all the shows uh, under the you and you network. Shout out to the you and you network. You know what I'm saying? And all those podcasts that's on you and you network. Thank for the you and you network. The head brothers at you and you network. You can check out the socials at you a n d u underscore network and so we've come here today to dramatize a shameful condition in a sense we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check when the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the constitution and the declaration of independence they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. But we refuse to believe that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity of this nation. And so we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom. Welcome back to the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. Everybody should be following me on Instagram at unprocessed underscore knowledge. Hit the link tree in my bio to get access to this podcast. And on three of my books, you can find this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Google Play, and also Just Cast. We just celebrated the 58th anniversary of the March on Washington. You heard Dr. King in that clip. More on that shortly. Everybody, everybody should also be following the UNU Network on Instagram. U-A-N-D-U 
underscore network. That is the home to this podcast. A taste to consider podcast. Three stars, two bars. That podcast is for adults only. Separate the two podcasts. Codasheen and the latest podcast to join the UNU family, the UNU network. Reservation for three. I really, really, really enjoy that show. The chemistry, the conversation. I mean, those guys, man, they hitting the block strong. Great podcast. Follow all the shows. Download all the shows. Delete the shows. Check us all out. For those of you who don't know, let me understand how podcasts work. Okay, we are give you do not have to pay us for these podcasts. You can access these podcasts for free. But nobody likes to work for free, right? If you a fan of ours, if you check us out, if you like what you hear, download it, listen to it, you can delete it later, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, drop us a comment on Instagram. It's really important that you subscribe so we can get our numbers up, so we can be pushed up in the algorithms. So Spotify and Apple and Google and all these other podcast apps recommends our shows to other folks so other people find out about us too it won't cost you nothing hit the subscribe button hit the like button download it delete it if you don't know about us give us a well if you don't know about us you probably won't be listening to this podcast hey all i'm asking for is a shot all right give us a chance i promise you you won't be sorry you'll laugh you'll be entertained you might learn something. It'll definitely get you through your work week. We dropping content daily, damn near all the time, all over the place. And one thing about the UNU network, we just not a bunch of just random podcasters that came together and said, okay, let's do this thing. Like we really a family at the UNU network. Now with the exception of Diva Doll and Alicia from the Reservation for Three podcast, I have known everyone else on the UNU network for decades, years and years and years, right? O King Johnny and the step UNU stepchild G Deck from Separated Two podcast. I grew up with those guys, so I've I've known John. You know, I got a little age on me. I've known John well over thirty years. You know, I I met the UNU stepchild. We we go back to back to when uh, Biggie and Tupac was still alive. Right? <laughs> That's how far we go back. A taste. We're going to get to a Taste to Consider podcast in a second. Uh, Code Sheen, known Code Sheen for well over for a long time, 10, 12, maybe 15 years. Three stars, two bars. Known those guys forever, well over a decade. Sonny Malone, Lim, Gangsta Tay. Now, if you a hardcore fan and you've been following me from the UNU Network days, we used to have a friend of the show come on from time to time called Gangsta Tay. <laughs> All right, Gangsta Tay, that's 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 Don, that's Tay on three stars, two bars, right? Him, uh, Southside Malone, Sonny Malone, whatever you call himself these days, and his brother Lim, you know, they, they came together and they got their thing going on. Now, again, that show is for adults only. The professor on reservation for three, known him, since probably the early early to mid 2000s like i said don't know uh just don't know alicia and diva doll as well those are our sisters on the network but they are doing some fantastic potting um, really appreciate uh the the content and the effort that they bring and 
uh, I, I've been around Alicia quite quite a few times. Real real good spirit. Um, got a lot to say. Real smart. Very talented. I've, those guys are great. A uh, taste to consider podcast. My brother Rip. I we've all known Rip. Man, I know Rip at least twenty years. And if you are a fan of the network like I am, Rip's latest episode, I'm Not Okay, that was a very powerful episode that, that had me a little, if you listen to that thing all the way through, had me a little concerned about my brother. Um, he's, you know, he's at the end of that one. He's telling, you know, he, he, he gets he gets vulnerable. He gets raw, real emotions. He, he was into it and he was telling everybody, hey, he is not OK. So, you know, I meet myself. And uh, Old King Johnny from Separate the Two podcast, we had to go check on our brother to let him know that, you know, we've been rolling with him 20 years and he is our brother and we are in his corner and he is not alone and he is not by himself. And he's he's got us and everybody else at the at, at the network. We riding with him. OK, we, we love him like a brother. And, uh, and he's assured me, you know, he's he's doing all right, y'all. So if y'all if y'all want to check on Rep, you know, hit him up at a Taste to Consider podcast. Follow him on Instagram and let him know how much y'all appreciate his show. What a great job he's doing! How he brings you know excellent content on on a regular basis. All right, now in the opening clip, you heard just a snippet of the 1963 "I Have a Dream" speech from the Lincoln Memorial by Dr. King. My brother, you and you deck, he actually brought this to my attention. Time Studios presents a march through time. Fortnite creatives have crafted a new experience educating players on Dr. King extraordinary life. Okay, if you got a little bit of age on on me, uh just just to give some context. Fortnite is a very popular video game. Oddly enough, it's actually a first person shooter. But from what I understand, they have created an experience within the Fortnite universe where players can go to 1963, then go back in time and actually witness the entire Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech. This is put together in an effort to try to educate younger folks, younger folks who may not know what who dr king was or what that i have or have never heard i have a dream speech so they can experience it through the video game from what i understand you know they won't be running around and shooting each other or or or, or doing anything of that nature but it gives you know the video game players a chance to virtually go back to that era go back to that time and hear the entire i have a dream speech almost like you're on uh you're at the march on washington so they can learn more about it maybe ask their parents or teachers questions try to educate themselves more so try to put the younger generation on to what that time was what that speech meant and what was happening during that area during that era can't talk today guys they can experience it through the video game here's what a lot of people might not know the march on washington was actually called the march for jobs and freedom the purpose of that 63 march was to do two things number one promote civil rights for black folks number two get people some damn jobs without an economic base without jobs when you're systematically deprived of economic resources that creates conditions that lead people to do things such as murder such as crime right people notice 
there's a thing called criminology. It's the study of crime. This is nothing new. People know this. When you put people in systematically deprived conditions, crime rates raise. Why? Because people aren't going to starve to death. So they're going to do whatever they have to do to keep a roof over their head and food in their bellies. So that march, the, the purpose was twofold. The purpose was to promote civil rights and to promote jobs, well-paying jobs for everyone, not just black people, everybody. You know, let's let's raise up the middle class. Let's give people a living wage. Let's pay people some money so that conditions can be better for everybody. That was the purpose of that march. A lot of times when you think of Dr. King, we've been conditioned to think I have a dream speech. His his legacy is bigger than one speech. His legacy was bigger than little black boys and little black girls coming together and playing. His 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 mission was justice and equality for everybody. He's a pivotal role in the civil rights movement, but and he fought for, like I said, jobs and equality for everyone. He wasn't just fighting for jobs for white folks. He was he worked very closely with labor unions, and he he wanted an equal and fair playing field for everyone. Right? So that's he he truly was a revolutionary thinker. So on the anniversary on the March on Washington that just passed, we have to revisit the way we think about Dr. King. We got to revisit some of those speeches. Go on YouTube. Um, you can access a ton of Dr. King's speeches on there. And you can also access a ton, ton of Dr. King's writing online, too, I believe. So we can't be lazy learners, guys. We can't be lazy learners. We can't let other people define who our heroes and icons were. All right, we got real heroes. We don't have to just our heroes aren't aren't the Avengers. Our heroes aren't the X-Men. We got real heroes that put it all on the line. And Dr. King's definitely one of them. So his legacy definitely deserves to be studied. And I got to talk about this while I'm on it. I mean, we, we as a people, we just get wrapped up in the silliest things. Now, this damn crate challenge. I don't know about Instagram, but TikTok had to ban videos of people doing the crate challenge because so many people were falling and. And damn near killing themselves and going to the hospital. I mean, it's just r ridiculous. Now, we have no time to study the true legacy of any of our heroes. We have no time to really dig into the teachings of Dr. King. No time to really put <laughs> do anything constructive that might help us. But when it comes to all types of silly nonsense, we got all the type in the world. I mean, you, you see people grown men my age walking up some damn milk crates falling damn near breaking their backs killing themselves it, i mean it's ridiculous <laughs> and do you notice that with these challenges it's always some it's, it's never anything constructive right i mean it's it's, it's always uh, okay um let's walk up some milk crates and, <laughs> and, and 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 try not to fall to our deaths let's 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 take a spoonful of cinnamon and, and, and damn near choke to death. Let's let's eat a Tide Pod <laughs> and try not to go to the hospital and get our stomach pumped. Right? It's always something destructive. Or it's uh young women taking all their clothes off and dancing like strippers. All right. Those those are the different type of challenges. It's either let's do something that's that's gonna kill you or take all your clothes off and and, and dance like a stripper all over the internet. And these are the things that go viral all the time every day in america we as a people are serious about not being serious playtime is over we gotta put this foolish i mean the crate challenge that's one of the look 
Some y'all need to stop that stupid stuff. <laughs> For real. I promise my brother, you and you tactile G Duck. I cover this story. A federal appeal appeals court Wednesday upheld Dylan Roof's conviction and death sentence for the 2015 racist slangs of nine members of a black South Carolina congregation, saying the legal record cannot even capture the full horror of what he did. They got that one right. A unanimous three-judge panel of the 4th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Richmond rejected arguments that the young white man should have been ruled incompetent to stand trial in the shootings at Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina, in 2017, Ruth became the first person in the United in the United States sentenced to death for a federal hate crime. Mm, we'll come back there in a second. Authorities have said Ruth will open fire during the closing prayer of a Bible study at the church. Ruth lawyers said his conviction and death sentence should be vacated or his case should be sent back to court for proper competency evaluation. Okay, so basically what his lawyers are trying to say that his case needs to be reevaluated and he shouldn't get the death sentence because he's he's mentally incompetent, right? They're trying to say he has a mental issue and that he's not right in the head and that's what he did what he did, not because he's a raging racist. When we all know the opposite is true. Here's something that you might know. They tried the insanity plea the first time in court and Dylan Stone Roof himself, he stood up and he was like, look, that insanity stuff, that's a racket for the Jews. I ain't crazy. I knew what I was doing when I walked in there and did it. All right. So he's even admitting I ain't crazy. I meant to do it. Did it on purpose. Right. The man is a raging racist. He deserves to be on death row. Here's what we all should look out for. A lot of times these people who sit on death row, they sit on death row 25, sometimes even 30 years before they are actually executed because they can just appeal it and appeal it and appeal it for years and years and years and they keep going to court. What is up? Here's what we all need to look out for since he was so young when he committed this crime as he gets older, he could change his mind and say, hey, yeah, you know, at the time I was mentally not right and I was influenced by all this stuff I saw on the Internet and I walked in there. I didn't mean to do it. And, you know, it's been 15. It's been 20 years. I'm a changed person now. And all these families forgave me. So just go ahead and let me off death row. Now, that could potentially get him off death row in the future. As of right now, he's right where he needs to be. I'm surprised. I mean, if you got if you got any real justice in this place, they probably, would, you know, they should have executed him already because he walked into that church and blew away nine people as they were having Bible study. So why he gets to live another, you know, 40, 50, maybe even 60 years because he's so young and grow to a ripe old age and possibly, possibly in the future, maybe 10, 15, maybe even 20 years down the road to even have the ability to, pos to possibly get off death row. That's a shame. Now, one thing that stands out, he is the first person in the United States sentenced to death for a federal hate crime. You know how many black people have been lynched? How many black people have been murdered? How many unjustly? I'm not just talking about just just, you know, gang violence. I'm talking about unjustly just because they were black. Hundreds of thousands over the last probably just over the last 50 years. And he's the first one to get sentenced 
to death for federal hate crime. See, here's what we can't forget. Emmett, them white men that killed Emmett Till, Emmett Till, they walked. All these police officers that unjustly kill all these black people, they walk. Dylan Storm Roof, he didn't walk. And his lawyers is trying to say, you know, well, he shouldn't get the death penalty because he ain't right in the head. The first person in U.S. history to get sentenced to death for a federal hate crime. That's mind-boggling. This country has over a 400-year history of hate crimes committed against black people specifically. And he's the first one to get sentenced. Let that sink in. Hopefully, I didn't just blow your mind. The story in Afghanistan has been a big story this week. Well, after 20 years, the U.S. has finally left Afghanistan. And they have airlifted, what, tens of thousands of refugees all over the world. I think, what, damn this, over 60,000 people from Afghanistan who wanted to get up out of there. Now, the Taliban has taken control. The United States is helping them relocate all over the world, including the United States. But as a contrast, the situation in Haiti, their president was recently assassinated. They recently had an earthquake over there. And the Biden's administration immigrating immigration policy has increased their expulsion under regulations that make Haitians a top target for removal. President Biden is telling Haitian immigrants to stay away from the United States. Everything that's happening over in Haiti, you got people who are you know, building rafts trying to get to Miami who are begging if they can be immigrated to the United States. The United States is telling Haitians, you can't come here. Stay away. You have to stay in your own country. Meanwhile, in Afghanistan, they are airlifting 60,000 people all over the globe, anywhere they want to go. Now, here's the difference. The people in Haiti, they are Negros. They are black folk. They're not going to get airlifted anywhere. The United States isn't coming in after that earthquake and airlifting Haitians to Florida, airlifting Haitians to Seattle, airlifting Haitians to Virginia Beach to try to give them a chance to give them paperwork to, to, you know, to give them immigration, to give them American citizenship and let them have a chance at the American dream. They're not doing that. They say you sit your black behind over there in Haiti. But they're at the end at the same time, they are airlifting over 60,000 refugees from Afghanistan and taking them anywhere they want to go. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the refugees in Afghanistan don't deserve to have a chance. I'm not saying they don't deserve to get airlifted and start over somewhere else. Here's what I'm saying. The people in Haiti deserve that, too especially after the European governments have colluded for centuries to make sure that the economy and the social political situation in Haiti becomes disrupted. Ever since the people of Haiti were bold enough to fight that revolution in the late 1700s and whoop the French, fought off their oppressor and got their freedom, European nations have came together to stifle them at every turn. And here is an update from a story that we did on a previous podcast i believe it was my last one american idol finalist saisha mccardo she did was able to get her kids back great work guys great work family everybody who pitched in everybody who signed a petition everybody who reposted that video so we the people we did help her get her kids back great job great job but a petition has been circulating in relation to that story to fire Dr. Sally Smith for her history of facilitating medical kidnapping of children. 
Check this out, y'all. As American Idol alumni Saisha McCardo fights to regain custody of her son, a petition has started to get Florida physician Dr. Sally Smith fired for her role in wrongfully accusing dozens of parents of abuse. Dr. Smith is the medical director for the Pinellas County Child Protective Services team and a contracted child abuse pediatrician at John Hopkins All Children's Hospital and Bayfront Medical Center in St. Petersburg and St. Petersburg, Florida, according to a USA Today investigative report. A change.org petition calls out Dr. Smith's history of wrongfully accusing parents of child abuse. A USA Today network investigation linked Smith to hundreds of child abuse cases where parents were either proven innocent or suffered severe trauma due to her accusations. So here's what I want to know. Dr. Sally Smith, who is a white woman, she has been linked to hundreds of cases of reported child abuse where the parents were proven innocent. How many of them do you think were black parents? Does racism play a part in this? I bet you it does. This woman needs to not only be removed, this woman should be behind bars. She is tearing families apart. Now this woman is a doctor, a pediatrician, you know, she looks at kids all the time. If this woman signs a piece of paper saying that all this woman has to do is sign a piece of paper and CPS is coming to take your kid. Now, I don't know how long this woman has been on the job, but one or two mistakes. OK. Three, four. Uh, misread that one. Hundreds of cases where the parents were found innocent. Nah. Mm-mm. And this sister, Saisha McCardo, you know, she she basically just. You know, she had a breastfed baby and she took her kid in the hospital just to get some more nutrients. And they end up just snatching both her kids away off the word of this woman. It's that easy. And if this sister hadn't been a finalist on American Idol, we would have never heard about this story. Think about that. You know, this, this sister, she, she got a name. She's been on television. She's got a fan base. She's got a following. So she was able to get her story out and she was able to fight this thing. But think about how many people, how many parents that were never on American Idol. How many parents that don't have a fan base, that don't have a following, who can't fight it? Think about how many parents who tell their story and are not believed. They're just looked at as bad parents, and that's why they took your kids. Nah. This woman is wicked and evil as hell. She should be sitting right next to Dylan Stormroof. Capitol Police Lieutenant Michael Byrd, who fatally shot Ashley Babbitt during the Capitol riot on January 6th, during that act of sedition, during that uh, invasion, has recently came out and revealed his identity up until recently, you know, besides the people who were there that day. Nobody knew who he was. Nobody knew what he looked like. Come to find out he's a black man who has spent the last 28 years on the force. He is a lieutenant at the Capitol Police. He sat down to do an interview with Lester Holt, and he said this. He's been the target of threats. Um, could you give us the nature of some of those threats? They talked about, you know, killing me, uh, cutting off my head, um, you know, very vicious and cruel things. Racist things? There were some racist attacks as well. It's all disheartening because I know I was doing my job. Given the nature of the threats that you describe, do you have any concern about showing your face and identifying yourself? Of course I do. 
uh, that is a very vital point, and it's something that uh, is frightening. I believe I showed the uh, utmost courage on January 6th, and it's time for me to do that. Yelling and screaming as loud as I was, please stop, get back, get back, stop. We had our weapons drawn. Bird, only his hand and gun visible, targeted a figure trying to climb through a window. He fired a single fatal shot, hitting Ashley Babbitt. We see your arm out there for a considerable amount of time. Were you wavering? I was taking a tactical stance. You're ultimately hoping that your commands will be complied with, and unfortunately, they were not. And what did you think this individual was doing at that at that moment? She was posing a threat. Okay, so you hear Lieutenant Lieutenant Bird right there saying she was posing a threat. So I had to pull my firearm. I had to do what I had to do, and she just wouldn't comply. I think I have heard that about every black person that's ever been killed by the police ever since I've been alive. They wouldn't comply, so I had to shoot them no one has ever had a problem with it up until now right ashley babbitt who was one of the january 6th rioters was up in the capitol she's the only person well she's not the only person yes she is the only person that was fatally shot and killed by the capitol hill uh police that day and now a lot of so-called conservatives are crying foul they don't like it they're trying to make this woman out into a martyr saying she was unjustly shot if only, you know, if only they felt that way all the time. Now, think about how many chances this person was given. Not only did she bust through the first checkpoint, which was outside the Capitol where they had the barricades up. They bust through the second checkpoint, what was getting inside the Capitol. After they bust through that checkpoint, they're inside the Capitol. Police are telling them, please leave, please leave. You don't belong here. They push past the police and then they go to kick indoors to try to get into the Senate. So she busts past two security checkpoints, commences to kick in the door to get into the Senate. She's and then she's fatally shot after God knows how many warnings, after God knows how many chances. Now, just, just oppose that to how many times you heard a black person was shot because they didn't comply. They shot and killed Tamir Rice in, what, two seconds? They shot and killed Philando Cast Castillo. How long did that take? Trayvon Martin, even though George Zimmer wasn't a police officer, he wouldn't comply, so shot and killed him. I mean, how many? But uh, Alton Sterling, right? Eric Gardner, Freddie Gray. Ooh, they, they didn't comply. So we had to kill him. Think about this. Think about how many black people would be alive if they got the number of chances Ashley Babbitt got. Think about how many more black people would be alive if they had to not only if they had to bust through two security checkpoints and then commence to kick down a door and be given all the chances in the world before a police officer squeezed off one shot. He ain't emptied the clip. He shot once. Do you know how many black folks have been shot? multiple times by the cops do this it'll blow your mind google black person shot by cops multiple times you're gonna get so many hits it'll make your head spin this officer discharged one bullet you don't think he felt like his life was in danger after all that was going on at the capitol that day all these other officers they they, they life get, get to be in danger they, they they're in fear for their lives all the time 
Right. Every time they see a black teenager in a hoodie, they scared for their lives. It's something it's, it's something about the hoodie on a young black person that makes every police officer afraid for their lives. And they got to draw their firearm and, 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 and they have to kill them. They have to because they're so scared. But he's not allowed to be scared for his life. Here's the point. Republicans don't give a damn about cops. Right. As this police officer who spent 28 years on the force, as soon as he came out, they call him all kinds of niggas saying they're going to chop his head off, saying they're going to kill him. You got all types of people off at Fox News saying it was an unjustified shooting. They're calling Ashley Babbitt a hero and a martyr. And this brother, you know, he's his life should just be destroyed for doing what he did. Republicans don't give a damn about cops. Here's what they care about. They care that white people should have the right to shoot and kill black people any time they feel like it. But in this situation, it was a black man who shot and killed a white woman and that they can't stand. They can't stand. They don't care that you're a police officer. They don't care that you're the authority. They don't care you spent 28 years on the force. They don't care that this woman went past multiple checkpoints and was given multiple chances. They don't care that you had your weapon drawn and tried to warn her not to do it. Here's what they care about. They care about the right to shoot and kill you for whatever reason. If it, if the shoe was on the other foot, if it was armed white citizens shooting and killing black cops, they would be on the side of the armed white citizens. This has been another episode of the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. See you next time, everybody. And stay off them damn milk crates. <clears throat> but in the last year of his life, you should read Tavis Smiley's book on the death of a king <laughs> and the preachers turned on doc wait now see some of you are angry with me thinking i'm trying to steal dr king's legacy hell no don't put that on me and don't let the white man put that on you so you could put that on me. I'm raising Dr. King because it is wrong for you to think that that man died because he had a dream. That man was a revolutionary thinker in the last days of his life. Some of his inner circle turned on him. They didn't agree with him talking against the war in Vietnam. He was hurting that his own staff, some of them disagreed with him. Then churches denied him. They didn't want him in their pulpit. Now it's easy to put his picture up and talk that crap about how you love him. You a damn liar if you loved him. I want you to listen. If you loved him, why did you let the writers of history write him down as a dreamer? and pacify you with all these streets and boulevards named after him. But if you read his life in the last two years of his life, 
he met with my teacher. They had a beautiful discussion February 66. I don't know what they talked about. But I know my teacher. He loved Dr. King.